Hey, you're listening to episode 184, and today we're chatting with Shalene Johnson. Oh gosh, if you don't know who Shalene is, you're going to know all the things about her life and her and her work and all the things directly after this episode. But little story time. So we started Helpful Pursuit back in 2010. And in 2013, we decided, or rather, I decided without telling Kevin that I was going to quit my job. (laughs) So that was a big uh, thing. And after I quit my job, Kevin decided to move across the country uh, with me. I went with him to take a new job, a new position. And when we moved to Montreal from Calgary, Alberta, all happening in Canada, my sister gifted me Turbo Fire. And Shalene Johnson is the creator of Turbo Fire. And I did that little workout. I mean, it's not little. It was epic. My body hurt every day. Uh, I did that workout every day before I sat down at my computer and worked on Healthful Pursuit when I was making $100 a month and had no clue how all this was going to turn out. So when Shalene reached out to me and said, I want you on my podcast, I was like, I will come on your podcast, but you need to come on mine. And she said, yes. And so here we are. It's so, so cool to get to chat with her, get to know her more as a human being instead of what we see on TV and Instagram um, and really just hear about her story and the transitions that she's made over the years. And I think something you'll take away from this episode is it's never too late to change your mind. It's never too late to put yourself first. And I cannot wait for you to hear her story. So if you have questions about today's content, head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. I'm sitting in a super hot room and I just turned the AC on. So you're probably hearing a little bit of a fan. Sorry, not sorry, because it's it's like over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, which has to be over 30 degrees Celsius. It must be over 35 degrees Celsius. I don't know. It's hot. So if you hear the fan running, I'm sorry, but like I just couldn't sit here without the AC running. Now, if you want to catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show, head on over to ketodietpodcast.com. I got one cool thing to share with you, and that is right now, in this moment, I am still on tour. So if you have not RSVP'd for one of the amazing cities that I'm visiting, you can go to ketodietbook.com slash tour and see if I'm heading to your location. Or maybe you can take a little drive and meet me. I would love to give you a hug, sign your book. If you don't have a book, you can purchase books there. If you don't want to purchase, that's cool too. Just come hang out. I answer keto questions, life questions. We always have a blast. So today's guest, as I said, is Shalene Johnson. She's a New York Times bestselling author of Push and a lifestyle and business expert, motivational speaker and podcast host. She and Brett, her husband of over 20 years, are the founders of Smart Life Movement. Today with her husband, Shalene runs a fun-loving collaborative team focused on helping others live a healthier, more simplified life through their online academies, membership sites, and live sold-out seminars. Shalene, with the help of top dietitians, doctors, researchers, and experts, founded the 131 Method, a nutritional coaching program that's turning the diet industry upside down. Shalene's new book, The 131 Method, just came out April 2019. She hosts two top-ranked podcasts, The Shalene Show and Build Your Tribe. Huffington Post recognized Shalene as one of the top 50 female entrepreneurs to watch. You can find out more by checking out her website at shalenejohnson.com. She also has a site dedicated to her book, which you can find at 131method.com. Okay, let's do this thing. 
Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast. If you're new around these parts, I'm Leanne Vogel. You may know me as the international best-selling author of The Keto Diet, The Keto Diet Cookbook, Keto for Women, and the writer behind the site, healthfulpursuit.com. As a woman, you already know exactly how hard it can be to lose weight, stay in shape, and make the best of your diet. I've put together a free 21-page guide exclusive to podcast listeners that shows you why imbalanced hormones are generally at the core of all struggles that women face when it comes to our weight and our overall health. Go to ketoforwomen.com for your free guide. In this free 21-page guide called Managing Hormone Imbalances for the Keto Lady, I share tips that will help you find success in adjusting your keto to fit your lady body. First, I'll provide five tips to help you stay focused as a keto lady. And lastly, we will review the top hormone imbalances that affect women, signs you may have a hormone imbalance, and actions you can take right now to achieve hormone balance. You can get your free 21-page guide at ketoforwomen.com. And thank you so much for listening today. Celine, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. Girl, it's my honor. Uh, this is just, I mean, I said it on yours. I'll say it again. A dream come true. I... I got Turbo Fire as a gift from my sister when I quit my job and moved across the country, <laughs> making a hundred dollars a month to like pursue my dreams. And here you are on the show. I just can't even. That's fun. I love hearing those kind of stories. Yeah, that's Tur- Turbo Fire is. It's part of like my transformation in terms of like my mindset and probably some of the stuff that we'll dig into today. But I, it's also been like the greatest gift because it invited me into the homes of literally millions of of women. Yes. And I traveled with that thing. Like I had a little (laughs) disc set and I'd bring it to my girlfriends like, Hey, have you tried this yet? Let's like, whose house you're in my house. Like we, that's so cool. You know, the songs. That's great. I love it. Totally. I do. (laughs) Um, Okay. So you just finished writing a book, one, three, one method. I would love, and I, I always love to understand the concept behind this. How did this come about? And why did you decide to write a book? Like, what was the story behind, okay, yes, I need to write this thing? Well, I ended up in the space of being a health and fitness expert by accident. I didn't study nutrition or fitness. My degree is in justice, morality, and constitutional democracy. I had had many businesses before deciding to just focus on a fitness business So once that business really started to take off and I was creating workouts for health clubs, 24-Hour Fitness was one of my biggest clients at the time. And then eventually we were in literally thousands of gyms and that caught the attention of infomercial companies. And I always felt like, I'm boy, I'm having tremendous success in fitness because I'm good at business, but I really don't know what I'm doing in fitness other than just, I know how to have fun. So once the infomercials started and they started kind of like trying to package me, which is what you need to do as an expert in health and fitness, I just had major imposter syndrome. I felt like I didn't belong here. I wasn't sure how people were, why people were buying my videos. I I knew I didn't look like the other people. I didn't know as much as they did. And I really started to just look at what everyone else was doing, who was quote unquote, a fitness celebrity. And whatever they said, I was like, okay, I'm going to memorize that and I'm going to repeat it. And I'm going to also try to follow that advice. 
especially when it came to nutrition. Now, exercise is a little different. So exercise, I, I was really into research. But when it came to nutrition, I was just like, well, if that person is more credible and has more followers and is more famous, well, then you don't question it. You just repeat it. And so, and so I did. And in fact, many of the nutrition programs that were often packaged with my consumer videos, I had no idea how to tell people what to do with their food. So they would hire people who would create these diets for me and I would just you know, attach them to my name. And I was trying to follow these same recommendations, you know, and I was trying to eat very low fat and low calorie and the workouts that I was doing, as you and I both know, your body is really smart. So the longer I was working out and the less I was eating, the harder my metabolism was working against me and was slowing down. It's like, oh, okay, so we, we're not getting a lot of calories, so we better not burn a lot. Oh, she's burning through a ton of calories, which means, and she's not eating a lot, so we better really slow her metabolism down. And I didn't have a weight problem, Leanne, but I never felt like I looked like all the other like super crazy lean, oh, look at you can see the outline of her spleen kind of girls. So I, I struggled with that. And in the process, you know, that was always in the back of my mind. And during one of the filmings, people always try to figure out what video it is. So it's like, don't even worry about that. But during one of the filmings, after I had an infomercial that didn't do that great on TV, I got a call from the producer. Actually, he didn't call me, he called my husband. And this producer said, you know, we just, you know, maybe you could have a delicate conversation with Shalene about her body. We just think from a marketing standpoint, her stuff would do a lot better if she can just get tighter. You know, she needs to get leaner. So it's more inspirational. And my husband didn't tell me about that at first because it, it really bothered him and he didn't know what to do with that information. But he did eventually come to me with that. And I was, I was devastated. Like I felt like, you know, that most embarrassing moment when you're a little kid in school, you know what I mean? Like just, I was humiliated and embarrassed and ashamed. And it was like all of these, it's like, see, they know, they all know you're an imposter. That's what I felt like in that moment. And I, I wanted to punch someone. I was really angry, but at the same time, I, my shame was like, you, you're going to prove to people that you belong, you belong here and you're going to, you just, you need to do something. And so I, and I was already exercising for like probably th three hours a day at that point and barely eating enough calories. Everything I ate was like sugar-free, fat-free, calorie-free chemicals. And I thought, well, I, what can I do? And I tried to bunch, this is the first time in my life I'd ever like truly dieted, like followed someone's plan. So I, I downloaded a bunch of different diets. I Googled a bunch of different things. I tried a bunch of different diets and nothing was working, nothing except almost pure starvation and more exercise. So I started like running six miles and on top of all my workouts, on top of all the things I was doing with, you know, kickboxing and Pilates and yoga and everything else. And, and then just, just kept cutting back my food intake to the point where eventually, I think I lost like a total of six pounds. And I'm 5'2". So six pounds can look like 16 pounds. And um, I was like gonna die. I felt like I was gonna die. I, I just was not a dieter. So for me to be doing that and just running on empty, I was an emotional wreck. I kept injuring myself. I had no mental energy. I had no physical energy. And then we had to film this 
crazy intense workout series. And I just remember every time I went to the, my dressing room, I would just break down crying, but not knowing why, just like I had, I, my emotions were on the you know edge of my skin and I got so much praise. You know, everyone was so happy. That's probably why I was crying because I knew I, I literally felt like I was going to die. And, but there was so much praise. You know, I posted a, a picture of myself just before we shot one of those videos on Instagram. And one of the very first comments was like, I'm worried about you, Shaleen. Are, are you okay? And then another one was like, wow, you look anorexic. And I deleted those because there were like thousands of people saying, hashtag body goals. I want, oh my gosh, I can't wait for this program to come out. I want to look like you. This is amazing. I can't wait to see what you're doing. You know, and then I come out with this program and tell people they can get results in, you know, 30 minutes a day, which I believed. I just, I knew that wasn't possible for me. And what resulted, Leanne, was I nearly destroyed my, my health in that process. Back to today's episode in a sec. Get a healthy dose of fat with F-Bomb Nut Butter Packets filled with high-quality fats. Each single-serve packet is keto-friendly, no sugar, non-GMO, gluten-free, dairy-free, peanut-free, and vegan. And they won't blow up in your purse like the other packets that we've all tried. Just pure fats in an easy-tear packet. Listeners of the podcast get this exclusive epic deal that you won't want to miss. Buy any two 10-packs of F-Bomb Nut Butter Packets and get a free 10-pack of F-Bomb premium oil of your choice. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash F-Bomb and use the code LeanneFree, that's L-E-A-N-N-E-F-R-E-E, all in caps, no spaces, to choose two nut butters, then get a free 10-pack of oil. Choose from MCT, olive, avocado, coconut, or macadamia nut oil. You'll love the convenience of taking healthful oils with you on the go. No more inflammatory oils on your takeout salads or warm meals. Just rip into one of the oil packets and away you go. Again, that's healthfulpursuit.com slash F-bomb and use the code LeanneFree. Okay, back to today's episode. I have so many questions for you. So... (laughs) How did you feel like I, in my past, when I have praise for unhealthy behaviors in that moment of you crying and like, did you feel like you knew something was wrong? Right. I didn't know anything was wrong with my health. mm -hmm. I just knew there was no way this was maintainable. Like I knew that I didn't have any time for my business or my family because I was spending so many hours exercising. I knew that I was having broken bones, broken ribs, strained muscles. I knew that I couldn't think straight. I knew that my brain was suffering. I I knew my sleep was suffering. I was sleeping like three to four hours a night because I'd have to wake up at 4.30 to start my workouts. And so I knew that it couldn't last for long, but I was planning on trying, you know, and I was also angry because I wanted people, I wanted to be honest and tell people like, yeah, you know what, it's no. No, I I don't, I didn't, I can't do it in 30 minutes a day. Maybe you can, maybe your body will look like this in 30 minutes a day, but not mine. And, and even still is, is, so I got down to almost 11% body fat and here I am 11% body fat filming and uh, a cameraman who was a nice guy. I've filmed with him on other 
projects. And he whispered to me and I was like, I was in a plank position and he was like, you know, kind of like coming down, panning down with the camera. And he whispered to me, don't worry, I'll shoot around your triple spots. What? And I thought, like, I'm in plank, the camera's on me, keep smiling. But I, I just literally wanted to break down and cry and punch him and be like, okay, well, why don't you go outside and smoke your cigarette again with your big gut? And you're going to tell me you're going to sh- shoot around my trouble spots? Like, really? Really? But that's the industry I was in. And I don't blame, you know, this isn't like specific to the company that I worked with or that production crew or that cameraman. That's the freaking industry, you know, and that's TV. You look at some of these reality TV stars, they get thinner each season, you know, and you, you see like even singers, like when they're, they really, they struggle so much with their weight. Like that, this is the industry and thin cells. And when it comes to fitness in particular, thinner, leaner, stronger, unattainable is inspirational. And I just realized like I was, there was so much anger in me over these instances, but I also didn't want to give up. Like I didn't want to be kicked out of the club. I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to, you know, be kicked out for, you know, being 15% body fat or whatever. But then I, I had a, um, a lot was going on with my brain. Like I, I literally, it wasn't just brain fog. I don't, I call like brain cement. Like I would, someone would be walking towards me, like a close friend who I see six times a week. And I'd be like, Oh my God, her name is her name is her name is Oh my gosh, what is her name? Like literally. So I'm like, something's going wrong with my brain. So I had brain scan done thinking that like, I must have a brain tumor or something. And I had a brain scan done at the Amen clinic and uh, Dr. Amen just, and, and I had all my nutrition panels done and my hormone panels. And when I sat down to go over the results with him, he just said, I know who you are. I've seen your infomercials and I know you're a health expert, but you're getting a failing health grade. This is really, really serious. How did that feel? What was going through your mind at that point? I felt angry with myself because my first thought was about my kids. Like, how could you do this to yourself? What, like everything kind of like flashed before my eyes. Like all all the things that, that little voice in the back of my head kept saying, this probably isn't good for you. This probably isn't something you should be doing. You should probably be getting more sleep. You should probably be getting more rest. Like all those little things, but you go like, yeah, but but you got to get leaner. You, you got to, you got to, you know, you want people to see you as an expert. You've got to look the part. And so in that moment, I was, I'm not a crier, but I bawled my eyes out. And I also, because of my kids, I just, I'm like, all right, I'm done. I have no business leading others. If I have led myself into a position of declining health, if I've shortened my own life to look a certain way, I have no bit. And so I refused you know, I had additional projects that were coming my way in fitness and I, and people were very angry. Like, when are you going to do another program? I'm like, I, I, it's hard for me to explain, but I don't deserve to do one and I shouldn't be doing one until I understand what it really means to be healthy. And I don't know. I don't know anything about nutrition. I don't know how these things impact my, my body from the inside out. I don't know the things that I've told you to do. I don't know if they're good for you or not. I assume they're not because I've been doing them and look at me. Mm -hmm. So I stepped out of the fitness industry and I couldn't do so with an explanation. I couldn't tell people why, because then I'm, you know, saying something negative about the industry that 
support so many people. It was a really complicated place to be. And I never kept saying like, why are you doing another program? And I would just have to say, oh, just super busy. But the truth of the matter, like it's just, it's too long of an explanation. So thank you for giving me a platform to fully explain it. But I just didn't feel like I had the right because of what I'd done to myself. And I knew that I had probably done the same thing unknowingly uh, with others and their health. Did you feel fear in that moment? You're sitting at the doctor's office and you're like, oh my gosh, my health is failing. I need to like refocus my energy. I'm sure as somebody who's had to redefine herself a couple of times, like throughout business stuff, not only you're worrying about money and your, your platform, but also your family and now your body, like your body is changing. And did you feel a loss of control or fear? How did you work through mm, yeah. all of that? I didn't fear the money part of it because I think it's a misnomer. People assume like, oh, if I've seen you on TV, then that's where you make all your money. But my husband and I, our businesses, our primary income has always been from teaching other people how to start businesses. So we have academies that teach people all of the things that we've learned about business over the last 30 years. And uh, so that's always been our primary source of income. But my primary source of notoriety was fitness. So I knew that, gosh, you know, the way people maybe know me, that's going to shift for them. But I, like people would say, you've really changed a lot of the years. I haven't changed at all. I just have evolved, right? Like what it is I want to talk about has evolved. And the one thing that never felt really like me were some of the things I was doing in fitness. And the majority of our money was always made by helping people use their purpose, their story, their ideas to create an income for themselves by starting their own business. So I wasn't worried at all about business or what I was going to do because also with infomercials, you film for like two weeks and then you don't do anything with it. The machine starts to do the work for you. So I was concerned, however, about my brain and um, what I saw on the scans, but I was also reassured. And I also know like it gives, I'm sure you're like this Leanne too. Like one thing that gives me incredible confidence is digging in and researching. So I shut everything else down. And that's what I did. I was like, all right, well, I'm really blessed to have this podcast where I can reach out to every expert and, and they're likely to come on my show and I can pick their brain and I can use this for my own benefit. And I can, I can start to set the record straight and help my audience heal as I'm healing. And that's what I chose to do. And I listened and I, I followed every single piece of advice that I could find. And I was a good student and, and it took several years to restore my brain health and do a follow-up spec scan to see the changes in my brain, the changes in my health, my hormone, everything. Everything is different today. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't, it wasn't like as simple as we want it to be like, oh, you just eat this and you drink that, you know, and then you'll do this workout. It's just not that simple because it's different for every single person. And that is why I wrote to answer your, to finally answer your question. The reason why I wrote the book is because I'm good at simplifying really complicated matters. And frankly, our bodies and our health are pretty complicated and we don't have it completely figured out, but I wanted people to understand that we are not dumb and we have to stop thinking of ourselves as being too dumb to figure out our own science. Like you can be a scientist, you can conduct a study of one and you can figure out what works for you. And it isn't that hard if you understand some basic premise about how your body works and why things might 
work one way for one person and some a different way for another. If you understand our epigenetics and and really just spend a little bit of time understanding those basics, then something that's really complicated, you can start to make the right decisions, informed decisions, instead of relying on someone giving you a list of approved or unapproved foods. Yes. And you did such a great job. Like I read the book over the weekend and it's very clear. And I loved actually the SPECT imaging. I found that very fascinating that you included that image of your brain before and after. I loved that. I totally geeked out over that. And all the little messages throughout, there was one message, message especially, I don't remember where it was, but I wrote it down. Practically from birth, we are conditioned to believe we are flawed. Mm-hmm. And that's so true. And that's yeah. something that I've struggled with that I know that so, so many women struggle with specifically, I'm sure there are a couple ladies listening right now. Like what flaws have you seen in yourself? We've chatted about how you felt like you were never enough and that you were always comparing. Do you still struggle with flaws now? And what's your relationship to them now? Yeah. You know, now I'm, I am in this place where it's weird. Like I've unfollowed all of the people who it's like, that's not realistic. I don't need that to trigger me. I don't need to hear about your quote, cheat meal. You know, I hate those kind of terms and, and just the unrealistic body types. I just have unfollowed all those accounts. And I've really started to try to fuel my mind with positivity, people who accept their bodies and people who understand that health is so much more than what we eat and when we exercise, there's so many components to health. It's our mental health and our relationships and our spiritual health and, and so many things. But one thing I, if I can be honest, one thing I've been struggling with lately is, am I doing that right? Like, am I doing the body acceptance thing right? Like, does it mean that I don't accept myself if I want to wear false lashes or color my hair or shave my armpits. Like I've followed so so many people now who are just totally like, let's put it all out there. You grow your bikini hair and you let your hair go natural and you let, you know, then I'm just like, gosh, if I if I don't do that, does that mean that I'm not accepting myself? Like so now I'm finding myself saying, like, am I am I doing this right? <laughs> am I doing the acceptance thing the right way? It's not funny. I've gone through that too. And I mean, you have an isn't there like a drawer in your kitchen where you keep your lashes? Like you're devoted to the lash game. That's that's what I do best in the kitchen is put on my lashes. I'm not a chef. That's my husband's uh, game. And yeah, and but see, the thing is with lashes, for me, I love lashes because they're so much faster than freaking mascara, in my opinion. And I don't like to do the lash extensions that tried that route. And so I, and it's also, it's like some people like to paint I, I like to paint. I like to paint my face. I like to put on my lashes and listen to a good edition of a podcast and put on my lashes and my, you know, have a nice cup of coffee and relax. <laughs> Completely. And I think that that, like, if you're doing it for you, and I've struggled with that too, like, I love waxing. Like I enjoy my body being waxed and I will, like, I just don't feel comfortable. I don't do it for anyone else. I don't do it to, you know, align with a certain standard. So I think it really comes down to doing Mm. things for the right reasons. And if you enjoy painting your face and doing your nails (laughs) and putting on lashes, and that's what makes you feel alive and wonderful, and it's a form of self-care, I I think that's completely acceptable. And on the flip side, a form of self-care for another woman could be letting her armpit, arm hair totally fly and have at her, but I just wouldn't feel comfortable. (laughs) Like, Yep. 
you know? Have you found that too, though? Do you struggle with that too? Like, oh gosh, so, you know, now, and and also, mm -hmm. and also this like kind of full circle where people are like judging, like if your body acceptance, then why are you, and they'll just go to any length, like, why are you coloring your hair? Or why are you wearing accessories? It's like, really? You know, just we're taking it too far. I definitely experience it in the form of fat versus skinny. I get told a lot like, well, how do you understand body positivity? You're not fat. Or, you know, like, look at you, you have a curvy body and it's not skinny. Therefore you're better because, and I'm like, guys, you are all missing the point here. Like, yeah, <laughs> you can't, you can't put your own limits on a specific person. Like if I'm thinking of, if I had to paint my face every day and do the nails and the eyelashes and stuff, I'd be exhausted. Like I don't find that (laughs) stuff fun. But to me, you know, like going salsa dancing is a huge form of self-care for me. And that's what lights me up and makes me feel good. So I think it really comes down to what, what lights you up, what, what makes you feel good. And just because you do certain things doesn't mean that you're not worthy of a certain message or a certain thing. And how dare people that are trying to be more self-aware and more self-expressive and more inclusionary are, are not allowing certain people in the club because they don't align to their own values. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I've dealt with that over and over and over again. And I, I don't know the answer to that other than yeah. how could you possibly know because you're not me. I just yes, don't. yes, yes. <laughs> lead with love. Lead with exactly, love. Exactly. Exactly. Like worry about yourself. There's so much that we all have to work through. So <laughs> I'm just going to be over here in my corner living my truth. Back to today's episode in a sec. ButcherBox features 100% grass-fed and finished heritage-bred pork and organic free-range chicken. ButcherBox sends you high-quality, health-promoting meats directly to your door on dry ice and free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. ButcherBox makes committing to quality protein sources less expensive and more available to everyone. Their prices are hard to beat, and it's challenging to find a higher quality product anywhere in the USA. I've been using ButcherBox for years and love the convenience of a package showing up just when I need it, and their ground sausage is an absolute dream. ButcherBox has put together a super special deal for all listeners of the show. Order your first box and get a special gift plus an additional $20 off. Now, this special gift is so epic that I can't even mention it on the episode today. So you'll have to go to butcherbox.com slash keto diet to check out the deal plus get your $20 off your very first order. Again, that's butcherbox.com slash keto diet to check out the deal plus get $20 off your first order. If you're unsure of the link, simply check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay, back to today's episode. Okay, so 131 method. I had no idea what it stood for. I was like 131 or 131 method, but now I know one health objective, three weeks of diet phasing, Mm -hmm. one week to fast and fuel. Yeah. Can you explain the health objective piece first? Yeah, that that piece is really important for me for me, because I need everyone to understand that health isn't just weight loss, right? Like we shouldn't look at our nutrition simply for weight loss. We should be looking at our nutrition to solve many of our health objectives. That might be having clarity in your thinking. It might be balancing your hormones. It might be dealing with clearing up your own skin. For me, it was my brain health. For me, it was energy. It wasn't about weight loss. For me, it was about 
understanding how to get healthy. So you start with your own objective. Like what, and I ask people to, to say to themselves, to not think about your weight, but to think about like, if there were one thing that you know, it would make you feel better. Like it's a thing you're thinking about all the time and it's holding you back. That's probably your number one health objective. Maybe that is the fact that you can't get pregnant or maybe it's the fact that you have cystic acne. So start with your own objective. And if when you start with your own objective, that means from the get-go, what you're gonna do is gonna be different from what I'm gonna do. And then we enter into three weeks of diet phasing. But if you don't start first with your objective, then you're just on a diet, right? Because the whole method the whole concept behind the one through one method is that you learn enough about your body that we're going to give you some structure, but it's up to you to personalize it, to figure out how to make it work for your objective. And then the last one is for a week of fasting and refueling, which for some people is just the refueling. It's, it might just be taking a break from intermittent fasting, or it might be doing one of the five different or four different fasts that we cover in the book. And that even those things, that's very personalized. Like there's not one way to fast. There's a, and there's, it it also depends on what your objective is and if it's the right time for you to do it or not. And you certainly don't have to fast every four weeks, but if you do, here are some different things you can try based on your health objective. And it's really teaching people. My whole goal with the book is giving people enough structure right? Because that's what we want. People are like, I just, you've had this happen, Leon. They're like, just tell me what to eat. Just tell me what to eat. And I know people want that. And this is a nice balance where I can help people say, okay, we're going to give you some guidelines, but I want you to customize this. I want you to make it yours. And more than anything, because there are three phases, it's like exposing people to the fact that you don't have to just find your diet tribe and hang on to it like with a death grip you can phase your diet and then you can go back to what, like, let's say you find that being, you know, generally keto feels best for you, but you're not losing your identity or doing something wrong or falling off the bandwagon. If for the summer you decide you want to eat more of a plant-based diet and not worry about whether or not you're in ketosis and then you can phase it again. But it's learning that you know, the more we hang on so tightly with a death grip to a a label or an identity, we begin to silence our body's intuition. And we begin to silence that little voice inside our head that says, I need a break from keto, or I need a break from intermittent fasting, or I need a break from being vegan, whatever it is, because we think, oh, if I do that, well, then, then I'm not fill in the blank label. So I also, I really want people to stop to consider not labeling themselves or or maybe to say, you know, I'm a leanitarian, like, you know, like I eat the way that's right for me right now. It's so true. And that little voice, when we start to listen to it, it's so powerful. Like it can tell us so many things that we never thought possible. And it's really like a muscle. Like my husband, Kevin, we've been together for 12 years and I've seen him evolve over time. And I'm very intuitive with his body. Like I can tell cues from him sometimes more so than he can. Like what? Oh, I can tell when he has a reaction to different food or just in the way that he holds himself or the way that he clears his throat or how much water he drinks. I'm just like, um, are you feeling okay? Like (laughs) I have a little bit of a headache. I'm like, what did you have today? Like (laughs) I had chocolate. I'm like, did that chocolate have stevia? (laughs) Oh yeah. There was stevia in that chocolate. 
okay, last time you had stevia, did you get a headache? Yeah, I did. I'm like, maybe you're sensitive to stevia. He's like, yeah, maybe I am, you know? So like- You're a food detective. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I think we all have that. And I've seen him over the years start to like put the puzzles together and like, okay, I'm understanding like these little pieces are coming in and we all have this little voice inside of us. And the more that we use it, the stronger that it gets. And that's so, mm. that's so cool. That's, and yeah. the dieting piece, it, it totally silences that. And we're told we can't listen to that voice because all that voice wants is cupcakes and ice cream and right. And so right. we're told, yeah, follow the rules. Don't listen. Don't follow your intuition, follow the rules, right? Like, so it's, it's 11 AM and you are on this intermittent fasting schedule and you're not supposed to eat until noon. Therefore, or, you don't eat. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, friends asked you out to dinner at 7 p.m. and you're having a panic attack because mm-hmm. you need to be done eating by 7 p.m. Like, what do you do? Like, you live life. Yeah. You know, it's that 80 20 rule. It's like realizing, oh, well, I can make an informed decision. It's, you know, just trying to get people to live, mm-hmm. live and make informed decisions. Like, it's okay to, to have a cocktail and whatever it is, whatever it is, you know, that you know isn't great for you. But if, if you're informed about how it's going to make you feel, then you're making an informed decision and you can, you can have it. You can, you can do whatever you want as long as, it's, as long as you know how it's going to impact you and that you're willing to deal with the consequences. Yes, making a choice. I hope you're totally digging this episode. I love putting these together every week and I hope you're getting something out of it. I love seeing where you're listening from. So next time you're listening or even right now, take a picture of yourself watching the show or a screenshot of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram at healthful pursuit. And if social isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Just jump on your favorite podcast player and leave a review for the show. Okay, back to the good stuff. And so since you listen to your intuition and you're working on that little voice inside, what are some like major nutrition lessons you've learned in the last six months? Because I always find like your body's always changing. You're always learning new things. What's like one big takeaway that you've learned recently Mm. about your body? Stress is huge. Like, so no matter how on point my nutrition is, I recently had a flare up of Epstein-Barr and it was during the writing of my book. <laughs> I would say if you if you want to do something really unhealthy, write a, a health book because <laughs> it is hard work. And especially because I knew I had such a, a debt of responsibility to my audience that like everything I wanted to research it and fact check it and double check it. And then just before it published, I wanted to check again and see if there was new science. So I got myself so stressed that proper nutrition and the right exercise can't can't cancel out having too much stress in your life. So that's one thing is that food can fix most things, not all things, right? We've heard that food can fix everything. Well, not necessarily. You also have to factor in your environment and lifestyle and stress is a big part of that. Other things I've learned, well, things I've really enjoyed is I can eat really whatever I want. And I can have, it's crazy to me now, not that I count calories, but the few times I have like just to go like, huh, I wonder how many calories I'm having. It's like probably three times what I was trying to sustain on when I was exercising, you know, three hours a day and, and it's foods that I enjoy and I feel different. Like I, and also just that awareness, like you said, like having the intuition about your husband where before when I had a headache, I'd be like, oh gosh, I have a headache. Where's the Advil? Now I'm like, that's weird. I have a headache. 
what did I eat? You know, then I try to put two and two together and I'm like, and then it's kind of interesting to have a headache. I'm like, well, this is kind of interesting. And then I'll like write some things down like, oh, oh, I know what it is. You know, so just realizing just, I mean, I haven't studied this for very long, but we're smart enough. You're, you are smart enough to take in a little bit of information and to tell yourself, I'm going to remember this. And I find it fascinating and how much more fun it is to be informed. Yes. Yes. I totally agree. Yes. I couldn't imagine not being informed with my body. I mean, I'm on the other spectrum of it. Like my friends call me like the walking lab. Like I can tell (laughs) like instantly if there's something bad in a food or if I'm not feeling good in something, I have such a strong intuition. So, but I think, you know, for the average bear to just like have to know that certain things give them headaches or that they need a certain amount of sleep in a day if they have a big meeting and all those little things just make life so much easier. <laughs> like there's no more. Yeah, guessing. they really do. And and for the longest time, I just ignored them. Like mm. I wore my, my work ethic, like a badge of honor, like, you know, and, and just keep pushing through it. And eventually it does take a toll on you. And it's a much more fun place to be when you recognize that no one, the only rules that you could possibly ever need to live by are the ones that are right for you. And so the sooner we realize, like when someone says like, oh, is, is this going to kick me out of ketosis or is this allowed? I would say, it's crazy to me that a grown adult would ask another adult if they're allowed to eat a particular food. Are you allowed? You're the adult, you know, and they're really smart, you know, doctors and lawyers and engineers that when it comes to food, we've been so conditioned to believe that we are not smart enough to figure this out. We need to follow someone else's specific plan that works specifically for them because my God, look at their body. They look amazing. Therefore, I need to do exactly what they're doing. And if I do exactly what they're doing and I don't look like what they look like, well, then I probably didn't do it right. And that's just a bunch of BS. And it just, that has got to end. Yes. I need to like make that the audio clip for today's episode because it's so beautiful and I couldn't have said it better myself. Now, when it comes to the relationship you now have with food and how that's adjusted, you're eating more, you're feeling better, you're still rocking the lashes. How (laughs) has your relationship to physical movement changed? Because like I saw you doing some crazy stuff on top of a hot tub cover the other day. (laughs) Like, oh, I'm like, how do you even? Yeah. How has it changed? Now. Oh, so one thing is I, again, I used to like plan out every single workout I was going to do every single day of the week. And I still have like a general plan. But the difference is if I woke up and I felt like I was 90 years old and everything hurt and my bones felt like they're coming through my feet and I had no energy, it didn't matter. It was on my schedule. I was doing it. Now I'll wake up and I'll go, oh, I plan to do to lift heavy for my legs today, but my legs feel tired. Then I won't do it. I'll say, what? feels good. I do try to honor the gift of my health every day with some form of movement, but that might be a walk on the beach. It might be just gentle stretching or foam rolling or moving my body. I believe that we have to move our bodies and that's something I do because I love myself and I I, I love this gift. And if you have ever had your health taken away or your ability to to exercise taken away, then you know how truly grateful we should be every day that we have it. But what's different now is I don't do hours and hours. I don't beat myself up and I listen to my body. I go, I wonder what 
what do I need today? And I way cut back on my cardio. I just really do short bursts of cardio now. And I love strength training. I love feeling strong. And strength training doesn't necessarily always mean lifting weights. I love moving my body rhythmically to music. And that's strength training. I'm strengthening my body in the way we do in yoga. The form that I practice is called Pyo. And I like to think of it as yoga for hyperactive people who love music. Like it's very rhythmic and it feels like dance and the music tells you what to do and I can get lost in it. But I just don't beat myself up anymore. I used to do workouts that were just brutal, literally brutal pounding. And I thought if I didn't hurt and if I wasn't exhausted and just dripping in sweat, then it wasn't a good workout. And that I had to learn that that's not natural. It wasn't allowing my body to heal. I was throwing myself into adrenal fatigue and I was working at a deficit that I could never catch up on. Do you remember what that process was like for you? Because I, if I rewind myself five years and listen to what you just said, how you were like pounding the pavement and doing all the things and hurting and bleeding and just like horrible workouts to now where you have such a great relationship with it. When you decided to make that shift, was it terrifying? What did you do? Because I know that there are women listening right now that are like, that's really great. I, but I, I just, I don't get it. Like, how do I make that transition? I want to do this, but I don't even understand how that's possible. So when you asked me that question just now, I've really tried to go back and not give you an answer today, right? Like to go like, what was I thinking? And I think if I'm being honest, I was afraid. I was afraid that I would gain 20 pounds, that I my body would become soft and that I would lose people's respect. You know, I, I did fear those things. And that was in the back of my mind for sure. I definitely had that fear. But I was motivated by my situation. I was really motivated by my my kids. Like sometimes they say you have to do it for yourself. Maybe I did it for I don't know if I if I didn't have children, if I would have been as motivated to make these immediate changes. But because I did have kids, it was bigger than me. And my love for my husband and my love for my children was such that I was like, first of all, I'm being a horrible role model. And secondly, I want to live longer and I don't want them to have to care for me because I'm in cognitive decline, you know, way earlier than what I should be. So that, and I was tired, you know, I was really tired. Like I couldn't go any further. I was on empty and it was just someone pointing out the gas gauge pointing to the fact that I was on E, that I had to go, wow, I have been running on E for a long time and it has caught up with me and I can't keep going. And so it, frankly, it was literally that day, the day that I reviewed my brain scan that I was like, it's, I was teaching a four, a 5.30 a.m. workout for more than 20 years and at the same gym Obviously, I didn't need to do that for financial reasons, but I it was part of like my identity and it was part of what got me exercising very early in the morning so I could get in all my hours. That day on the way home, I called the manager of the gym and said, I'm giving up all my classes. Because I, I knew I for me, I this situation, I couldn't just scale back. I needed to like go cold turkey and just wake up the next day and go, what do you need? That's amazing. That is, I know how terrifying that can be. I've been there and it's just, it's amazing that you used your family to get you there. And 
I guess my next question would be really, how was the relationship with your husband and your kids at that point? Because I could imagine that if you're working that hard and you're dealing with your all the things and you're crying and you're working on your business and your videos and how was your relationship with them and how are you showing up in their lives at that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really good question. I hadn't thought about that. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before because my first thought, usually when someone asks me about my relationship with my husband, I talk about the fact that we've overcome addiction and our relationship is so great today. But you know, our relationship probably is really great today for more reasons than just that. And, and it probably does have a lot to do with the fact that it's a miserable state to be in, you know, where you're constantly controlled by your next workout and you're constantly controlled by your body image. Like my, you know, identity, everything that I literally, what people knew me for, not what we were making our money for, which was business, but like what people knew me for was like the, being known in the fitness realm. And so, it, yeah, everything got better. My relationship with my kids, my relationship with my husband. Since then, I've had my daughter on the podcast a lot and she suffered from orthorexia for several years in high school. And I, you know, she, she claims it was track, et cetera. But I, I certainly know that just living in our household where the talk is about exercise and food and exercise and think about all the people who get my attention and praise. It's like these before and afters and look at all these, these people, look what they've done to their body by exercising for hours. So there was definitely, I have to take responsibility for how that may have had a negative impact on her in her orthorexia because there was so much attention given to exercise and body transformation. And what does body transformation mean? It means that your body wasn't good before and now it's better. See what you were before and now look at this, how this person is after. So there had to have been some, you know, pretty shitty subliminal messaging that she received. And I remember always thinking about it and hoping that it wasn't impacting her that way. We didn't talk about our body image, their body images at home. We never talked about weight at home, but the subliminal is still there and kids are smart. And I'm sure it had an impact on her. Yeah. The kids do piece things together. One of my one of my um, first memories of like bodies and praise and transformation was when my mom went to Weight Watchers and I guess she had lost 20 pounds or something. And my aunts and uncles came over and we made a big poster. And when she got home from school one day, we had like this party and there were balloons and it was all happy. And I remember thinking like, okay, if I lose weight, then I get a party. Like it was just wow, cut and dry yeah. like that. at such a young age to be like, lose weight, get a party. <laughs> like blue. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting how it all how it all Yeah, and I hope that the moms who are listening, you know, they don't beat themselves up, but also but to just be aware. Like every time you pull at your body, every time you say I'm fat, every time you say I need to lose weight, you might as well be saying that to your child because those comments make a mark on them, even if it's subliminal. So it's number one, being really careful about the things we say about ourselves and then about others. You know, for me, I was never, I was really careful never to say anything about our body, her body, but I was always talking about, you know, you're always searching for people's before and afters because we knew before and afters moved product. Yeah. So now that you've adjusted and you are working on yourself and you have a more balanced relationship to your body and food, how are you showing up in their lives now, in your kid's life, um, in your husband's life? Like how, how are the dynamics now? I don't think we could be 
we can always be healthier, but we're just very open. We love to talk all, everyone in my family is a big fan of therapy. Um, I've had both my kids on my podcast talking about their own experience in therapy and their own experience in terms of like what it was like for us as parents and how important it is for them to be open and to share and to teach, you know, to sh- I think that's the most generous thing any of us can do is to, to share with others what things we've been able to conquer or get through. And that's such a generous thing to do. And, you know, that's why I love teachers. Uh, you're a teacher and teachers, they're sharing information that can make people's lives better. And my kids are both pretty passionate about doing that. And um, it's just, you know, the the only way, they always say you're as sick as your secrets, right? And so I think the more we can be honest about what's going on and not be afraid to work with professionals, whether that's a coach or a therapist or a life coach, the better life gets. Like, you know, every time you make an investment in yourself, life gets just a little bit better when you work on being a better human. Mm, Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I mean, if anyone follows you on Instagram, I'll include links. If you don't follow, Shalene, you must, (laughs) you must like yesterday, you guys have so much fun (laughs) in your stories. Like I check your stories at least once a day so that I can, (laughs) how is, how has play and fun, you know, had a role in your life now? Like, cause you guys have fun. At least it looks that way. No, we do. It's well, I was voted I'm really proud to say, even though I was lobbying to be like prettiest eyes or best dressed in high school, I got class clown. And that makes sense to me because I really do like making people laugh. And I have always really enjoyed just, it's like, it's a big part of my day. Like, you know, I, if I'm not goofing off, then I can't be myself. I can't be creative. I can't be, I can't, I just need to laugh and make fun of things and, and have a good time. And play practical jokes. And uh, that's always who I've been. If you watch like my early, early videos, the infomercial companies all let me put little practical jokes at the end of all the videos. And so I just want people to laugh and have a good time and not take themselves too seriously. So that my kids know, and my kids are really funny because that my husband's really funny inappropriately. So I usually can't post him up on my stories, but we do a little bit. And, you know, life is too short not to laugh and laugh is laughing is one of the best things you can do for your health because it really does help to reduce your stress. Beautifully said, Shaleen. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your story. I've definitely learned more about you and about taking day by day and understanding that we can always shift. And I think that was a huge piece to our interview is just no matter how messy things get, it's we have an opportunity to shift at any moment. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Well, thank you. I love everything that you do. And we are so very aligned. I'm sitting here in my house right now that I'm going to, when my husband gets home, I'm going to say, we need to sell this and buy a boat. Oh my gosh. I could teach you how to sail. I've become (laughs) quite good at it. (laughs) Okay. Let's do it. Thank you so much, Leanne. Adore you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. 
The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.